After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I am your host today, Becky Shrimpton. Feeling a little rushed. Technology is not my friend today, but I have someone who is a friend of technology, is a friend of film, is a friend of many environmental causes and social justice causes. I'm so excited to have this documentarian on. Her name is Liz Marshall. Liz, welcome to the show. How are you? Yay, nice to nice to meet you over Zoom technology voice. I know, I'm meeting so many new and exciting people this way because everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, I can now do an interview because we, we can do this over the technology. You don't need to be in Vancouver. It's great. I know. This new normal right now is, um, I guess we're getting used to this. I've been doing lots of interviews and it's either, you know, I need to be with my camera on and my my microphone on uh, via Zoom or via some kind of podcast platform or via my telephone. It's just, yeah, it's a new way of doing things and I'm just flowing with it. It's great to be in this position right now to, to be in the spotlight with Meet the Future. It's it's a critical moment on so many fronts and we really feel that that Meet the Future is here exactly at the right time. That's right. We're talking about her new film, Meet the Future, which is playing right now on CBC Gem. And we were so craving to have it in theaters uh, with the experience of, of being in theaters with people for Q&As in person. Um, but here we are on this wonderful CBC platform, and uh, it's, it, it, it will surely have excellent exposure. Now, I'm curious about the Q&A. What were you hoping people would ask you about? What sort of stuff did you really want to dig into? Well, anything and everything. I mean, this film, it is a convergence of topics and, and themes that are so relevant right now today in society at large. And also, I love talking about storytelling and filmmaking and behind the scenes. And and this was a, a three and a half year journey to make this film. So I always love this opportunity to, when I release a film and when I'm getting a film out into the world and doing interviews and doing Q and A's. I love to talk to people about what it is to make a feature length documentary because it's epic. It, it's always an epic process. And then, of course, I love to talk about the moral underpinnings and the, the relevance. And I love to talk about the social impact uh, component of uh, this platform of documentary and its ability to touch uh, lives and to reach people and to spark, ignite, and inspire dialogue, awareness, consciousness raising, and uh, and new ways of, of seeing the world. Now, my partner and I are both meat eaters. And of course, meat the future is spelled M-E-A-T, the future. And this is uh, sort of a theme for you in terms of the kinds of films that you make. There's a passion for food science there. There's a passion for ethics. Um, there's a passion for ensuring that we're thinking about the way we consume things in this world and how we be participants in the world. How did this story of Uma Valetti and, uh, and his corporation, which is synthesizing cellular meat, um, how did this uh, land in your lap? You said it took about 
three years to make it. Yes. You know, in 2015, early 2016, I was actively searching for what my next big feature length documentary uh, topic and, and would be. And I, and I tend to always be drawn to human stories. So character driven stories that can anchor the experience on the emotional level, um, on the intellectual level, as an entry point to explore bigger ideas. And this film focuses on um, a revolutionary food science that produces real meat from animal cells uh, without the need to breed, confine, and slaughter animals. And it's through the eyes of Dr. Uma Valetti. He's a Mayo Clinic-trained cardiologist uh, turned entrepreneur. And he took an enormous risk, and uh, it was a passion-driven um, risk, to uh, leave a successful career in cardiology in the United States. And he co-founded a startup company, a food tech startup company called Memphis Meats in 2015. And he's risen in prominence as a, as a pioneer, as a CEO. And the film really charts his rise in prominence um, and the acceleration of the birth of this industry that he's a leader of. And it's, it's really a revolutionary food science um, that could help aid climate change, uh, the moral issue of animal cruelty, um, the, the, the need for solutions around food sustainability. And of course, human health is, is in focus right now with COVID-19. And this could certainly be part of the solution to uh, prevent future health pandemics. That's uh, something I was thinking of as I was watching it was that the current leading theory is that the COVID, uh, as well as SARS and bird flu and, and swine flu, tend to come from areas where animals are densely packed together in unsanitary conditions. Uh, and they just happen to develop in a way where they can pass to humans. And this would, of course, uh, deal with that issue and would make it safer for everybody to consume things in, as you said, a more sustainable way. Um, one of the things I found fascinating about it was the way you were able to break down what the actual scientific differences were. So for example, they're very specific that this is not cloning. That's not what they're doing. This is an entirely new form of cellular reproduction. Uh, how much research did you have to do yourself in order to understand, uh, to be able to explain to a layperson such as myself or someone who just turns into CBC Gem who might be curious about the topic, uh, to be able to explain it clearly, but not over explain it or get too technical. That's, that's a great point. And it is a balancing act because this is not a science technology uh, business film, although um, they are major pillars in understanding what this is. And so of course you need to cover uh, it in a way that's digestible, in a way that is accessible uh, for the general public um, without dumbing it down. Um, with, and, and of course, creating that sense of awe and wonder um, because this is, uh, you know, the next frontier. And, and it, the film is like uh, pulling the curtain back and uh, the, the, the unveiling this. It, 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 this is innovation at, at its essence. Uh, we needed to find that balance between, okay, how do we convey this massive concept in a way that um, 
we, we can sort of get through it and then move on in the story to focus on the other pillars of the story. And of course, at the center of the story is Uma and his team at, Mem at Memphis Meets as the microcosm to represent the birth of the industry around the globe. Because there's so many other startups that have now sprouted up around the globe, whereas Memphis Meets is the first uh, company to tackle the commercial viability of producing this meat. Um, they they uh, co-founded the company in 2015. Then we started following the story in 2016. We did our final shoot with them in the fall of 2019. So it, it's a balancing act and it always is because there's so many layers to the story. And for some people, it may not be enough science and technology. And for other people, it may feel too intellectual or too um, weighted down by the, the scientific or the technological details. But, but we feel that we really achieved uh, the balance of covering that aspect, which is so necessary in understanding the concept while really anchoring the, the film in the human experience. And, and what I mean by the human experience is why are they doing this? What are the moral uh, underpinnings? Uh, what motivates these people, these pioneers, these innovators, these scientists and business specialists and foodies? What is motivating them to risk everything, to dedicate their lives to ushering this into the world with all of its challenges and twists and turns? Why is this significant and why is it important now? And so that really is what the film tries to uh, communicate. And I, I think it, uh, it's extremely effective in that as well. And as you said, it's, uh, it's conversation inducing is what you were hoping. hoping. I watched this film with my partner and uh, one of the things we were talking about is one of the points he brings up, uh, Dr. Uma brings up in the, in the film is that they are engineering very specific parts of uh, animal bodies for market. So for example, a chicken breast or a particular loin from beef or something similar. And we started a conversation on market-wise, what does that mean? Because North America tends to focus on very specific cuts and other countries may have, um, I mean, awful is a big thing in other places that we do a little bit, but everyone has different preferences of different cuts based on pricing. And then you have premium cuts. And what does that do to the market? Because now you can just produce these, these cuts. Um, so they're not necessarily in short supply. There's just so many ramifications of all of this work. Yes, absolutely. It, it's multi-layered and um... It is a big, it's a big idea. And, and one thing I'd like to say is that it's really the natural next step in our human evolution. When you look at the history of our food supply and food production and the industrial uh, production of meat, um, all of it comes out of innovation. And it's going to take innovation to get us out of the mess that we're in out of the, this urgent problem of uh, you know, what's happening to our environment, to animals, to uh, you know, our human health. All of these things are converging and coming together at the right moment now where we have to address this. And so it's innovation uh, 
that will get us out of this. Well, then let me ask you, uh, what does the medium of documentary do for awareness and growth in movements? Um, not necessarily historically, but also in your own experience with your own work and, and all the films you've made. I know. I also believe and I feel that the documentary platform is a privileged opportunity to reach the world. So for example, um, I'll use one example of, of a film from my, from my roster of films, and that is my 2013 documentary called The Ghosts in Our Machine. Mm. And that has been seen on every continent. It continues to be used as a, as a tool for consciousness raising and, and it's been versioned in multiple languages and seen by hundreds of thousands of people. And that is how I sort of understand, you know, you lock a film, meaning, you know, for, for example, uh, you make a film and then you lock it in sort of uh, in time, meaning you complete the editing process, you package it, and then you, you release it and then you disseminate it into the world. And so it's a story that's locked in time, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't continue to live on. So these stories are, are, have a timelessness about them and they continue to live on and they continue to be passed around and seen by, you know, you begin with film festivals and then broadcasters and then theaters and then, uh, you know, SVOD and VOD and educational and grassroots screenings. And there's just so many uh, vehicles and avenues for um, uh, dissemination. And uh, it's incredible to see. And at a certain point, you know when to just let it go and people take it over. So, for example, with the ghosts in our machine, um, we put a very uh, conscientious, uh, strategic approach into an 18-month impact campaign. And, I, you know, I traveled all over the globe and the film's main subject, Joanne MacArthur, who's a photographer who, who I follow in the film, she's the photographer at the, as the main subject character of the film. And we did so much traveling all over the world with the ghosts in our machine. And then at a certain point, you know, you have to move on to new projects, of course. And people just champion your film. And they just use it as part of their communities and, and within schools and colleges, universities, uh, high schools, uh, community groups, you name it. Um, or it continues to be seen uh, in people's living rooms on television. That's the beauty of it, is that the story lives on. Now with Meet the Future, I, I truly believe that um, even though we don't know the future of this industry because it's not yet it's not yet on the market people can't buy this product in a grocery store yet with meet the future it's a story that will be timeless because it's about the birth of an industry it's about the genesis phase of a pioneering movement and we had exclusive behind the scenes access and and it's told over three and a half years so it's a story that stands the test of time. And uh, I'm, I'm just really inspired by that aspect.
aspect of it. When did you know in your process that uh, the story was going to be complete, uh, at least from a narrative point of view, um, especially with the fact that the, the product isn't on the market yet and isn't anticipated to be so until at least 2021? Okay, that's a great question. So, I mean, you have to, you have to know when to stop filming. Uh, we gathered almost 200 hours of footage over three and a half years. And then, of course, it gets cut down to, to 90 minutes. We have a 90-minute version, and then we have a 78-minute version. I needed a, a final chapter, um, a final scene um, that, would, um, uh, that was open-ended, that, indicate, that indicated uh, that things were progressing, that, that, that this is inevitable. Um, and so the final scene of the film where they scout uh, a production facility um, was just such an amazing way to end the film because um, in, in, in February of this year, 2020, uh, they announced uh, that they raised uh, $161 million uh, American dollars towards the next phase of, of their evolution as a company, which is uh, having that production facility and starting to actually produce meat um, at scale. Having that final scene in the film was just, you know, incredible because I didn't know that they would be announcing that so soon. And that's not in the film, by the way, because we've, we completed the story in December. And, and the film was packaged by uh, January. And something I appreciate about the film as well is it leaves, it does leave that open-endedness to it with that optimism. So it will hopefully encourage people to go and look and see uh, what's happening with that company, with the other companies that are competing against them. And also with the regulations of uh, allowing this to come to market um, through the government, uh, United States, through Canada, through the rest of the world, so that it's accessible to us as consumers. Exactly. So it, it, I'm I'm really happy with how our final shoot um, in the, we had a couple of final shoots in the fall of 2019, and of course you know as the director you're always a bit nervous that you're not getting enough material or that it's not dramatic enough or that you know you, that you're missing out on something huge that's just around the corner like for example what they just did announced in February of the $161 million that they've raised. But it doesn't matter because that their story continues on and, and, and the story and the, and the purpose of Meet the Future, the documentary, is to provide the, that behind the scenes, personal and intimate inside look at the pioneers, the influencers during the Genesis phase of a revolutionary industry. And that's what it does. Beautiful. Uh, and uh, hopefully people will go check it out sooner rather than later on CBC Gems so that they themselves can be inspired to think differently about the way they eat, to think differently about the market, to just think in general, which is what we want our documentaries to have us do. That's exactly. Documentaries need to provide that. It's like a, uh, it's a way for us to peak our awareness and open our eyes and really tap into uh, what is possible. So for me, my goal is to reach as many people as possible with this film. And it's about the miracle of what is possible. You may, you may agree with it, you may not agree with it as a, as a, as a uh, food technology, as a huge, massive new concept. Um, 
and and so it's up to you whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it but i think more importantly than whether you agree with it i think the most important thing is that you seek to understand it that you seek to think about it to consider the 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 miracle of what is possible to move us forward as a as a as a species as a as a planet in a way that is solution focused Perfect. And I think that's a perfect place to wrap up the interview. So uh, Liz, I have to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests. Do you have a Canadian film you would like to recommend to our audiences that they can check out? I would say check out Young Chang's new film about Robert Fisk. I believe that it is having a theatrical, well, a, a remote digital theatrical uh, release. And so it would be a perfect time to check that film out. Yeah, it's called This Is Not A Movie. It's fabulous. I've seen it myself. I talked to Anita Lee about it on the show and it's it was easily one of the best films I saw last year. So solid. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. Liz Marshall is my guest and uh, her film is coming out right now on CBC Gem. It's called Meet the Future, M-E-A-T, and you can check it out. Thank you so much for your time, Liz. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.